This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us. We are in the book of Mark. And we've got our two guests, David and Hattie, who are young disciples learning about Jesus. And we are in Mark 1. We're going to get into Mark 2 here. We're going to do two stories about Jesus healing two different kinds of people. Both of which, to this point, and even now, actually, um, because it's been determined that le the leprosy of Jesus' day is different than the leprosy now. Um, because there was a different element to it. We cannot heal even with all of our science even with all of our advances and it shows who Jesus really is so let's dig in hi Hattie hi what are we going to talk about today well, we're still in Mark, and Jesus is going to do a couple of things that were rather amazing. Even more amazing than already? Even more amazing than already. Hey, I'm here too. Hi, David. I'm so glad you got to join us. Yeah, I had to feed my dog. I can understand that. I'm glad you were responsible and did that, so... We are still in Mark 1, but we're going to get into chapter 2 because we've got two different stories here of Jesus healing people. And you may never have heard of the, what happened the first time of the, of the first sickness or what that was about. So let me explain something to you. In clear back in the Old Testament, there were laws in... Leviticus and Deuteronomy about what to do with a leper. A leopard? No, not a leopard. Not the cat with spots. No, a leper. Somebody who had leprosy. What's that? Well, it's a sickness that starts um, just kind of eating away at the skin. Oh, that sounds like it hurts. Yeah, and it's it is kind of difficult to deal with and um maybe where we get zombies from who knows it's it's kind of zombieish um and people would start losing body parts wow yeah so and they really were ostracized from society they couldn't they could they had to proclaim that they were unclean before they be, came into contact with anybody so everybody would get out of the way they couldn't go into the temple so they were really away from society and there's some interesting stories in the old testament about about how that worked but here this first story is about a leper so let's read mark chapter 1 verse 40 and a leper came to him imploring him and kneeling, said to him, 
If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, meaning Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Wait a minute, didn't you just say that that people couldn't touch people with leprosy? Well, the deal was is that they couldn't touch them because they were afraid that if they touched them, they would catch whatever was causing the leprosy and it would make them unclean. But if you can make something clean and you touch something and it makes it clean, that doesn't make you unclean, does it? No, but it's pretty unusual. Yep, it is. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Wow! Exactly. And immediately, there's that phrase again. Mark really likes that phrase. That's true. And immediately shows up a lot. The leprosy left him. You mean he just kind of looked down and his skin just was clear from top to bottom? Yep, that's the idea. Wow. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, for a proof to them. So Jesus was sending him back to the priest to do what was commanded in the Old Testament so they would know about Jesus? Yes. So what did this guy do? Well, he didn't do that. Oh, no, he didn't listen to Jesus. No, and it caused all sorts of problems. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. So when we talked about last time that Jesus wanted to go among the people and and meet them where they were. This made it so he really couldn't do that. Right. He kind of had to sneak in. He couldn't just enter a town. Because now everybody knew who he was and that he could heal things like leprosy. Wow. So sometimes we don't... we Because we, this guy probably thought he was doing Jesus a, a, a favor by telling everybody. But because he didn't listen, then it messed things up. Yep. So sometimes what we think is the best isn't always the best. Wow. So so what's the next story? Well, this is an even more interesting story. Although, well, I don't know that it's more interesting, but it's a little more involved. So in chapter 2... Verse 1, and when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. 
And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they lit down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Wait a second, wait a second. So they made a hole in the roof? Yeah. Well, those houses were made a little differently than our houses today. That's a good thing. And so that was a little more possible. Um, but it was interesting that, first of all, uh, it became known that Jesus was in Capernaum. Second of all, this was mentioned as Jesus's home. Wait a minute. Wasn't Jesus's family from Nazareth? Exactly. So there's been kind of a shift here. Wasn't it Peter's house it was in Capernaum? Yeah, so this kind of became Jesus' home base, was Capernaum rather than Nazareth, for a number of reasons and a story that's not really here. But, so this guy was paralyzed and, and the, the place was so full they couldn't get in. It does take time to figure out how to carry a guy who can't walk. That's true. So he had four friends, though. That's good. So these four friends come in and, and figure out that Jesus is in town. And they say, hey, let's get you healed. They can't get in because everybody else is there. They decide to go up to the roof. They open the roof, which, like I said, it wasn't exactly built like ours. So it was an easy thing to fix afterwards. Um, and they lower him down. So now what? Uh, exactly. So now is when the story gets really interesting. So, and when they had made an opening, they lit down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith... Wait, 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 wait a second. He saw what? Their faith. Yep, their faith. How's that? Well, if we really believe something, we will do something according to what we believe. So Jesus saw that these friends really believed that Jesus could heal their friend. Right. But here's the interesting thing. What Jesus says next is not exactly healing of his body. What? Let's read. So, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Um, I hate to ask, but what does it have to do with being paralyzed? That is a very good question, because we do not know this guy's backstory. We don't know why he was paralyzed. We 
don't know what these four friends, how he had made these four friends. We don't even know how long he's been paralyzed. Although paralyzed people in general, unless they've been paralyzed from a very young age and managed to survive that, didn't last very long for a number of reasons. But it is really interesting that Jesus doesn't heal him here in the physical sense. He heals him spiritually. So whatever had happened, whatever had gone on, the biggest thing that needed healed was not to return the man to walking. The biggest thing that needed healed was his relationship to God. And Jesus knew that. And could do something about it. Exactly. So, let's keep reading. Because the reaction in the crowd is a little bit of a different reaction. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there. Questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak Like that. He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So the scribes recognized that Jesus was at least claiming to be God. Right. So they were questioning. They knew. And remember the scribes were the people who had been very, very meticulous all the way through the ages, had all these rules about how to copy the Bible and how to copy it exactly. And they're sitting there questioning this whole thing. And they say, wait a minute. Only God can forgive sins. They knew that. So how is this guy? And they automatically accused him of blasphemy. What in the world is blasphemy? Besides a very strange word, it is a very strange word, very strange word. Essentially, it means claiming something about yourself and kind of insulting God, actually insulting God pretty directly. So had Jesus not been God and claimed he was God, that would be blasphemy. Taking taking credit for something that God does or with is is blasphemy. Oh. Wow. So, we should praise God a whole lot more. Very true. That's that's a good takeaway from from that. But now Jesus is in this position where the scribes in his day who kind of decided who went into the temple and who was a rabbi and who wasn't are thinking this guy's committed blasphemy. So what could they do about that? Well, they could have stoned him. You mean throwing stones at him until he was dead? Yes, that was one of the penalties for blasphemy. Or other, there were other penalties for blasphemy. So they're making a really critical accusation here. 
So now what happens? All right. That's a good point. Let's move on. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Well, they couldn't see that his sins were forgiven, right? So they really didn't know. I guess they could have probably looked at the guy's face. That probably would have told him. Probably, but it's still a little bit on, you know, that's still kind of a guess. So what Jesus says next is a really good question. And in that day and time, and to this, still to this day and time, that culture, part of the learning system in the Jewish culture is questions and answers. We do use that. Um, just kind of like you're questioning and I'm answering and vice versa. We do use that to figure things out. And in that day, that was the standard way most rabbis taught. They didn't just come out and say things. For Jesus to come out and say things was fairly unusual. Usually there was this back and forth. But Jesus here uses a little bit of back and forth. So... He asks them a question. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? Well, they were both impossible. Right. It would take God to do either one of those things. So they couldn't see that the man's sins were forgiven, but they could see it if Jesus healed him. Oh, wait a minute. So that's why Jesus didn't heal him first. Right. Well, that was smart. Jesus was always ahead of his of the people who questioned him. Always. And he still is. Because he's up at the right hand of the Father preparing a place for us, which we'll get to. Um, in talking about the good news. But Jesus is always ahead. Which means we should listen to him. Yeah, there are situations in life where instead of us trying to answer, maybe we should listen for Jesus' answer. That sounds like a good idea. So anyway, what happens to this guy? Well, but Jesus continues to talk to them. He's giving them this question. They've thought the same thing you did, like either one of those is impossible. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So the guy just stands up, picks up his bed, and walks out of the room? Uh-huh. Well, that kind of was the proof to the pudding, wasn't it? Exactly. And so when Jesus set up this question, 
he's letting the authorities, the religious authorities, which had a lot of, of, of authority in that day and age to do these things. They could have punished Jesus for blasphemy, like we talked about earlier. He's telling them who he really is and where his authority came from, because either he couldn't have done it or his authority came from God. Because the enemy doesn't heal. The enemy kills, steals, and destroys. And he may be able to cover himself for a little bit. But one thing he doesn't do is heal. Wow! So, this was showing that Jesus was the Son of God. Which meant that he was the king they were waiting for. Well, they didn't exactly understand that. They understood that the Messiah, which actually means anointed one, the the king that was going to come, was going to live forever, and that he was going to be from the line of David. But they did not understand that he was going to have all of this, all of this kind of power and authority. Oh, okay. So they really didn't understand everything about the Messiah. No. So here are these scribes, and it talks about this later. There was a group called the Sanhedrin. The San what? The Sanhedrin. And they had been appointed long, long before to be judges. And one of the things that they were supposed to judge about in any time after David, after this prophecy of an anointed one, was that um, they were supposed to figure out who the Messiah was. And they had been looking. They had asked John the Baptist about whether he was the Messiah or not. That's recorded in another gospel. And John had told them no. And um, had told them about Jesus without using his name. And so they were still trying to find the Messiah because they couldn't figure that out. They were pretty su- pretty sure that they weren't being run by an, a king from Israel. They weren't being run by a, a king out of David's line. They Some of the priests were of David's line as well. Um, they were they were mixed, um, and so if we read Jesus's genealogy, so was he, from both the line of of Levi and the line of David, and so priest and king. Um, but they didn't really understand the power that, or that this was going to happen exactly like this, even though Isaiah had said something about this. That there was going to be a virgin who had a son. Um, and that was obviously a miracle because those who haven't done what needs to be done to have a child don't have children. So um, 
this was this this was a question for them, and it, part of the scribes' job, and part of part of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, was to talk to this group of seventy-one, and some of them were in that group of seventy-one, to figure out who the Messiah was, and that comes into play later in the story, because they make some very bad choices, and that comes into this, but. He challenges them here. But the people, I mean, from the story, it's pretty clear that Jesus has the authority to do that. Right. So Jesus' question kind of sparks the question in the community. Wait a minute. The scribes say that only God can do this. And he can obviously do this. So Obviously, he's Emmanuel, God with us. Right. Wow, that's just pretty cool. It is. So does anybody want to pray for us today? I will. Thank you, Jesus, for being God and for for putting up with us while you were on earth and caring about us and wanting to be with us and wanting to heal us and and wanting to have a have a relationship with us and take care of the things that we do wrong and and the things that we think wrong and help us like this guy to do what you said and to have our sins forgiven and to be able to do what you tell us to do even if people don't totally understand it In Jesus' name, amen. That was a beautiful prayer, Hattie. Thank you. Aw, thank you. Well, see you next Bible study. See you later, David. See you later, Hattie. Bye. Well, this has been Trained by Grace 2 with David and Hattie, and I hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. It's amazing what... Jesus did here to heal both leprosy and forgive sins and heal a paralyzed man was just obviously miraculous and showed that he is who he says he is, the Son of Man and the Son of God. God bless you. God loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. And... Keep proclaiming his excellencies, and remember, you are one of his excellencies, and he loves you very much. Have a good day. Trained by Grace too, and if you're listening to this podcast, I wanted to say thank you. And there are various things you can do as a next step. Number one, if you need to know more about Jesus being your Savior and Lord, please get a hold of me via email at Trained by Grace Two, all one word. Trained by Grace, trained T R A I N E D by Grace Two at gmail.com and put in the subject line podcast. Um, 
for all of these options. So if you need to know more about Jesus, please get a hold of me. Or someone you know who knows Christ. Um, if you would like to be part of this prod- podcast proclaiming His Excellencies, you can put subject line podcast. would like to be part of proclaiming God's Excellencies. If you would like to have a resource, have a Bible sent to you, please put that in the email. If you have a prayer request, put that in the email. So thank you for getting in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And may you be blessed um, and know Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And remember, you are one of God's excellencies.